You know, Pulp Fiction is just around the corner, John. <laughs> Hold on for one more Hold day. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Stuck in the 80s, it's your host, Steve Spears. And Jen with one N. And today, whether it's Vogue or not, we're going to cheat on our favorite decade again by honoring two years outside the 80s. Point is, what did we do 20 years ago? Let's figure it out right now. We've got to do the exact same thing. Stuck in the 80s is now listener-supported via Patreon. You can find out more at patreon.com slash stuckinthe80spodcast. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and via our website at www.sit80s80s.com. Garbo and Monroe, Dietrich and DiMaggio, Marlon Brando, Jimmy Dean, on the cover of a magazine. In case you're wondering how long it's been since we've opened an episode of Stuck in the 80s with a Madonna song... Well, the over-under is 560 episodes and 15 years to the date. Episode 4 was about Sean Penn and Madonna and was recorded and released on August 10th, 2005. We opened that show with Material Girl. But today we're talking about the years 1979 and 1990. And to my horror, I discovered that Madonna's Vogue... Super popular in 1990, so here we go. Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. With me today on this journey back in time, it's the return of Jen with one N. Hi, Steve. Oh, how I've missed you so much. Aw, virtual hugs. I know. Well, it feels like it has been almost 560 episodes and 15 years since I've been talking with you on this, <laughs> on this beautiful podcast. Yeah, it's, it feels, this has been a very long year. 700 years ago. Time to wait. What have you been up to since we last talked right after the pandemic started? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like time is so muddy, right? Like it could have been a week ago that we spoke, but really it was however many days, 120. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's funny because at the beginning of lockdown, it was weird. I was having trouble like enjoying 80s music wow which is weird I, I don't know what it was it was like some weird psychological thing where i was like it was too painful or something it made me f I, yeah i can't figure it out and then um and then there was a while i didn't listen to the podcast kind of for the same reason and then there was and then just something happened i don't know maybe it turned summer or, or something something happened in my brain 
And all of a sudden, I like listened to all the podcasts that I had missed and like started listening to music. I started watching movies like I could read an actual book from cover to cover. Something happened. And uh, I don't know. So I'm like feeling, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word normal, <laughs> but, I, but I'm feeling like more positive than I have in a really long time. So that's good. I've heard a lot of excuses over the years for why people stop listening to the show, but you're the first one who's ever used the pandemic excuse. Global pandemic. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I use it a lot, actually. <laughs> it's okay to say we're just not on our A game. That's fine. Yeah. No, I, I promise you it was Jen with one end's deep psychological. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah. More ass. <laughs> Well, we're going to help you in that regard today because today we're not going to talk about the 80s at all. You serious, Clark? We are instead going to talk about two years that you and I have picked individually and together, I guess. I don't know <laughs> how that really works. Um, that were outside the decade. And we did this once before. It was in April 2018. Called it our Spring Fling. And it was about years we love outside the 80s. You picked 1991, which makes sense because you're younger than I yeah. am. I picked 1976 because that's when I was nine years old. And <laughs> contrary to the most popular running tropes of the podcast. Yeah. So today, we're going to pick it up again. and But we're going to do a little twist. I'm actually going to take a later year, and Jen's going to take an earlier year, and we're going to see where it goes. And we're going to share some stories and hopefully have some fun. We'll do some seggies. And we'll call it a day. And, but Jen's coming back. We've got these other shows that we're working on. I wanted to, I wanted to let people know, you know, we have these shows that uh, Brad, Jen, myself, and Gail in D.C. are working on. But you try scheduling <laughs> for people to get on the phone at the same time the last month of the summer before school yeah, starts. Yeah. And you see how far you get. On the telephone? It's what talking about on the telephone, man. So. No, we, there was a lot of rescheduling. That happens for sure. Yeah, no, I, I just have to say I love the Spring Fling episode. It's one of my favorites to to do and to listen to because it's it was just so like I don't know, kind of loosey goosey and fun. And it, yeah. to, to do this show, I, I have to like do a little behind the scenes here that you told me you were picking 1990, which kind of shocked me. And so my first thought was 79. Like that was just. It, I don't know how what happened with our mojo there, but that's just what I what occurred to me. But in any case, I am so excited to not talk about this effing year. So let's start. Let's get out of here because 2020, this is not a, vi a video cast, so you can't see what I'm doing with my hand right now, but it's it's rude. <laughs> let's start the time machine. Podcast time machine engaged. We now return to the year 1979. LaRock, you got a, a, another shot. And you ain't ready. Spock. This child is about to wipe out every living thing on Earth. Now, what do you suggest we do? Spank it. Wait a minute! What's happening to my special purpose? What's your special purpose? Well, when I was a kid, my mom told me that was my special purpose! And someday I'd find out what that special purpose was! Today's the day! Woohoo! Here we are in 1979. So, um, want to start with movies, Steve? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to read real quick. I'm going to read the top 10 movies of the year. Box office, right? First to number one to number 10. Kramer versus Kramer. The Amityville Horror. Rocky II. Apocalypse Now. Star Trek The Motion Picture. Alien. 10. The Jerk. Moonraker. 
and the Muppet movie. Now, Stephen, wow. I was five years old in 1979. Which of these films do you think I liked the best of those 10? Well, you know, my first inclination is to say Apocalypse Now. Oh, my God. First guess, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, obviously, <laughs> my favorite movie in 1979 was the Muppet movie. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? And it was... Oh, it, it's, it's, I, I think about it now. I think about the rainbow connection. I think about Steve Martin. I think about, you know, Big Bird with his with his uh, uh, bindle over his shoulder and walking down the street. Like, this movie is such a delight. And it's I still to this day, I've watched it with my daughter since, obviously, 1979. And, um, and it holds up, even as an adult, it holds up. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Did you did yeah. you see it in the theater? I'm just kind of curious. I did. When you you were rolling down that list, I was trying to think which of these movies I saw in the theater and which ones I saw later on HBO or something like that. And yeah. Muppet movie was definitely. I had a younger sister. She's four years. I still have a younger sister for that matter. <laughs> She's four. Just for the record, don't go racing to the AP or Reuters to report any news. I shall um, not. She, she was four years younger, so the Muppet movie fell right into our demographic. 1979, I'm 12 years old, so I can't exactly go around, you know, demanding to see ten. The Jerk <laughs> or 10 <laughs> or even Apocalypse Now. Right. So the Muppet movie, definitely. And I think the only other movie I probably would have been allowed to see in the theaters would probably be Star Trek The Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it was a good year for movies, but not for people our age at that time yeah no i think that's right and i did you know i've seen all these movies since then except for 10 i don't think i've ever seen 10 oh it's actually kind of kind of um endearing it's not what you think it is oh yeah no i haven't intentionally avoided it i just haven't ever seen it (laughs) but um but yeah so those are the movies that were that were big but there were a lot of really great movies and you know you mentioned hbo these are the three movies that became some favorites later on, probably, I don't know, four years later, once it did hit, hit HBO, but Over the Edge, which you guys mm. have talked about at length. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mad Max, which was kind of an, uh, I, I think, kind of revolutionary in, in, in a way, just the kind of movie that it was. And then the other movie that I love, love, love from 1979 is Breaking Away. I cut the stone for this building. You did? Yeah. I was one fine stonecutter. Thing of it was, I loved it. I was young and slim and strong. And the buildings went up. When they were finished, the damnedest thing happened. It was like buildings is too good for us. Nobody told us that. Just just felt uncomfortable, that's all. You guys still go swimming in the quarries? Sure. So the only thing you got to show for my 20 years of work is the holes we left behind. I don't mind. I do. Refund. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Oh my gosh, so much. And of course, by the time I saw Breaking Away, I was like, hey, that's Samantha's dad from 16 Candles. Yeah. Yeah, but he was someone else's dad. I was just watching Chariots of Fire last night because Ben Cross passed away. Mm -hmm. And he plays the lead in Chariots of Fire. But the guy who plays the lead in Breaking Away has a has a pretty decent role in Chariots of Fire too. And, and as soon as he popped up on the screen, I started singing in Italian at the screen, which Aww. probably doesn't surprise my neighbors at all. So. <laughs> the other 1979 movie that, that I hope you're going to touch on is one that everybody thinks of as an 80s movie because it was released in Canada in 1979, and that's Meatballs. How about that anthem, huh? Gee, I don't know about you, but I just get a great big lump in my throat every time I hear it. Well, it's uh, 7.05 in the uh, a.m., and it's a, wow, 43 degrees on the old Camp North Star weather dial, and that is kind of nippy for a June 25, isn't it? Whew. I'm Trooper Harrison. Ah! Ah! I'm your head counselor, and this is my wake-up show. I'll be coming at you every morning. About this time, hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available in this price range. <laughs> I mean, speaking of HBO, I feel like every, I don't know, 12 hours, <laughs> it was on HBO. Yeah, I loved Meatballs so much. And it gave me kind of my first glimpse of Bill Murray, because obviously I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live at the time. Mm. I couldn't stay up that late, even if I was allowed to, which I wasn't. Um, but yeah, that was that that kind of got me started on the the Bill Murray track of like, this guy is so funny. And then once Ghostbusters came around, it's really sealed the deal that, you know, Bill Murray is in my heart forever and ever. And I like, from then, this is kind of funny, from then I realize that's where I got my ideal of like what and uh, what I would want in a mate like a boyfriend somebody that funny and I I'm, I think I found him like somebody that who shares my sense of humor in the husband that I do have oh. um yeah yeah so I, I don't know that but that be, but oh, that whole persona that he had in meatballs that was really what started it but the real excitement of course is going to come at the end of the summer uh during sexual awareness week we import 200 hookers from around the world and each camper armed with only a thermos of coffee and two thousand dollars cash tries to visit as many countries as he can and the winner of course is named king of sexual awareness week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends that's incredible what do you expect for a thousand dollars a week hey you have a good summer too huh 79 was a great year in music too i mean I- I know that you were young, but certainly the songs from that year probably stuck with you. Yeah. Well, what's funny is as I was thinking about this year and the music in it, the songs that I really remember as a kid and I really enjoyed hearing on the radio are so adult. (laughs) But when you're a kid, you don't realize it at all. So the things that the three songs I'm thinking about are My Sharona by The Knack, In the Navy by Village People, and Escape, the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. And I remember singing all of these songs and not having any idea that there was any kind of like, you know, sexual (laughs) content or any kind of innuendo. I mean, it really straight up says it in the Pina Colada song. But even as, but as a kid, you're like, I don't know, it's fun. I don't even, I didn't know what a Pina Colada was. Yeah, I love uh, these radio staples are, and of course my Sharona, like, you know, got re, Got a new life after Reality Bites, which is right in my um, 
right in my wheelhouse as far as movies go. But I loved I loved that movie. I mean, as as much as I say that I'm stuck in the '80s, there are movies that are important to me that were made afterwards, and and Reality Bites is way high on the list. You know, it's funny. The, it's such a '90s. It's such a '90s movie, but it feels like an '80s movie to me. I don't. I can't explain it. Maybe it's well, the, the the music in it, probably squeeze and yeah, whatnot. Because the the movie starts with them all graduating from college, so they would have been children of the '80s, and so even though they graduated in ninety ninety one, you're still the music they grew up listening to in high school and in college was was '80s music. So yeah, it had it had a real strong '80s feel to it. So, um, and I just wanted to mention one, actually two songs from nineteen seventy nine. That's of course "Good Times" by Chic, which hit number one in August of that year, and then number three on the disco chart. Which, of course, there's a sample in that, the, the bass and some other, some other parts of it that are sampled in You Know What Song, right? Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang, right. So, um, so what I didn't know, I did, I did a teeny tiny bit of research for this show, Steve. You'd be so proud. It's even summertime and I'm doing homework here. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I learned that uh, Nile Rogers and his partner Bernard Edwards actually threatened legal action because of copyright stuff. And that they had a settlement so that they were credited as co-writers on the song, which I didn't know any of that. But then Nile Rogers actually admitted later on that even though he was upset and there was a lawsuit stuff, that it that it turned out to be one of his favorite songs of all time. I said hip hop, I hip it to the hip to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang bang boogie, say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. So outside of music, and I think we probably both had this in common too, television was just the most important thing in my life, probably in 1979. What, what about you? Well, I'm an only child, <laughs> so, and I was a latchkey kid. So I spent most of my time watching TV, like most of my time. I feel a little guilty now as a parent because we don't watch TV TV very much, like every once in a while. But my daughter, all she wants to do is watch like YouTube videos about slime and makeup and stuff. And I'm so strict about the time. She, and I oh, every time I'm like, okay, 20 more minutes and that's off. I'm like, oh my God, I watched hours of TV <laughs> when I was a kid. So much TV. So what was on at the time um, are like part of Jen with One End's DNA. Facts of Life, Different Strokes, Happy Days, uh, Mork and Mindy, uh, MASH, definitely MASH. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, what's funny is I wanted to mention that a lot of these I watched in rerun, I guess. But the ones I really clearly remember watching at the time, in addition to reruns later after school, were Mork and Mindy and Chips. I thought Chips was the finest television (laughs) ever created. (laughs) I really did. I'm like, the stories are so good. The acting is so good. I thought it was the best show. And I don't know if anybody in 80s Nation will remember this, but like later on in the season, uh, John's little brother joins the show starring, uh, and it was, uh, that role was played by Bruce Penhall. And I had the biggest crush on Bruce Penhall. I thought he was so cute. Anyway, that's a little chips, chips aside. Um, the other shows that I watched at the time were Charlie's Angels, Fantasy Island, Fantasy Island, I didn't understand most of the time, but I knew that it was like an island where people had their fantasies come to. Sometimes it was scary, though. Remember? Some oh, of yeah. The episodes as, were as it, weird. Yeah, yeah. As it got on, it, towards, especially towards the end, it started involving all sorts of themes that were just like really not appropriate to kids our age. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying they were sexual, but they were just, they were dark. I just wanted to say before we leave this 
category, one of my favorite shows in 1979 was Real People. I could see you, you remember that. Yeah, yeah sure. So, I loved it. And I still remember things about it. Like I still remember like people who had like one foot that was much bigger than the other. And like people who, oh, I remember this one woman, her whole house was purple. Like the outside, the exterior was purple. And then like all of her stuff in it, she tried to make purple. It was just a rad show. I love that show. You know what show I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention? I know it was super important to me back then. What's happening? Yeah. I that- loved it. I was obsessed with this show. And what's really, I don't know if it, the word is weird or or um, serendipitous. I This is where crossword puzzles uh, regular use would help my brain a little bit. But there's one episode where Rerun gets busted trying to make a bootleg tape at a Doobies Brothers concert. For some reason, that storyline comes up in conversation with me and other people like once every three weeks. We have three to talk weeks? about. Yes. Like, why, why did Rerun take a tape a tape recorder to his side of his leg and then go on stage with the Doobie Brothers and start dancing? I mean, uh, just so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> That show was weird. I love that show. Well, that that I would put what's happening into the category of watched a lot of reruns after the fact. Speaking of reruns, um, <laughs> see what you did. But there. yeah, I, I, like I loved what's happening. I loved it because mostly it was the kids. Even though Raj looked like he was thirty-five years old to me because I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I what I really think is interesting about seventy-nine is, and I and I I think we're going to find this in my year too, is that you have these great TV franchises that really have like half a foot in the seventies and half a foot in the eighties. Yeah. And yet we sometimes on this show, we sort of, we just try to make them our own. Like Mork and Mindy was completely an eighties series. It was actually mainly in the seventies. If you really want to weigh it, Uh, same thing with so the same thing with so many of these shows, mash, uh, facts, uh, facts of life was mainly eighties, happy days, equal footing, just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's crazy that these these shows lasted for so long and they they absorbed the identity of our decade even though the 70s can claim them just as easily. Right. Well, I think it was the beauty of syndication. I, I know we like to focus on the pop culture so much in this podcast, but it's interesting also kind of to note some of the important events that also took place in 1979. And I uh, the thing that comes to my mind obviously first, USSR invading Afghanistan, but w- but what are some of the important events that you kind of recall from that time period? Well, I'm going to read a few off of this list, and then I'll tell you the the two that actually I recall. Okay, I wasn't watching a lot of news. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here are news events that I'm aware of, but did not know about at the time. Three Mile Island, I learned about later. The you know the the nuclear accident. Sure. Uh, China, China institutes the one child per family rule. My parents never discussed this with me at dinner time. Um, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher elected prime minister in the UK. I, uh, of course, didn't know that, but then got to enjoy lots of great music and literature and movies after the fact of uh, all these like punks and, you know, dis um, disenfranchised teenagers. So Margaret Thatcher, I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say bad for England, great for pop culture. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and what do the kids say don't at me that's what i'm saying right now okay (laughs) and and then um of course the 63 americans that were taken hostage in tehran in november um, at the american embassy which i learned about later 
because of that great movie that the name is escaping me. Oh, it's um, Argo. Argo, thank you. I learned about uh, more about this time in history at that time. So those are all very important things. What I remember is that Sony released a Walkman for the first time. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was, but it seemed very cool. What I learned later was that it cost $200, which that's probably oh why I, I didn't know very much about it because that would have never made it into my house. Yeah. Um, and then the other exciting thing that happened in 1979 was that I started elementary school. Aww. I know. And here's the thing. I was supposed to start kindergarten. This is a story my mom tells supposed to start kindergarten and I went in and after two days they said we should send her to first grade because she's done all the work for the week yeah like, I, that I liked good? it that's good right that's good yeah so I, I got moved up a grade um as I was entering elementary school this is a story I like to tell when I'm like beating my husband in like a board game or something <laughs> I like to remind him that I skipped kindergarten but um but yeah, so so very impressive, right? But what I, I was really thinking about as I was thinking whether or not I should tell this stupid story is that you, it really matters what, what grade you go into, like the people that are around you, right? So like I, I think about sometimes, what if I hadn't skipped kindergarten and I would have gone to school with that group of kids? I would have graduated in 92 and I would have had a whole different group of friends. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Sure, yeah. yeah. What if... Yeah. What if? What if? This, but, um, this whole podcast is about what if. Right, whole, right, exactly. The whole franchise. That's my fr I should have, if I ever had a tattoo, it would just say, what if? What if? Completely. And so, like, I, I'll just say that if I had the opportunity to do the hot tub time machine, I would still skip kindergarten because I really like my friends. Okay, well, speaking of time machine, I'm going to hit it on fast forward now. And let's land on a year just outside the 80s. Podcast time machine, re-engaged. We now return to the year 1990. Hey, Mr. Peterson, what's the story? Boy meets beer, boy drinks beer, boy gets another beer. Look, I'd love to be your beck and call girl, but um, you're a rich, good-looking guy. You could get a million girls free. Give me a ballpark figure. How much? 4000 2000 3000 Done. Holy shit! Why are you doing this to me? Do you hear me? Why are you doing this to me? I can't. I just... Don't you see? I'm not a fake. Not about this. Give me a penny, quick. What? Push a penny under the door now. You be talking about push a penny under the door. Just do it. Tell her it's for luck. Sam says it's for luck. Hey Jen, look, we're in 1990. Oh yay! Do you do you like my choker? Do you like my mustache? Isn't it isn't it bold and yet curious at the same time? It's very intriguing. <laughs> so 1990 rolls around, and this is my first full year out of college. So I am a professional adult, so to speak, <laughs> making seventeen thousand dollars a year, working as Oof. a editor at the Tampa Bay Business Journal and had to to spend an outrageous $370 a month for an apartment <gasps> and that I would love to have back today at that same price. Oh my god. But 
the, it being the first year out in college, it's a different way to experience pop culture. I mean, so much of what we talk about in Stuck in the 80s is about, I was a senior in high school when this happened. I was a junior when this happened. I was in right. college when Live Aid happened and stuff like that. Right. Now you've lost all your bearings. Every day is the same for the rest of your life. <laughs> <There are. laughs> so the movies that came out, finally you have a little bit of money. And by a little bit, I do mean a little bit. I mean 17K. But Ghost was at the top of the box office. Pretty Woman, which a lot of people I think still think of as an 80s movie. Home Alone, which everybody thinks is an 80s movie. Twas not. Weird. And... And then my probably my favorite movie of the year was The Hunt for October. Do you still like to fish, Ryan? Mm. There's a river, not unlike this one, near Vilnius, where my grandfather taught me to fish. And the sea will grant each man new hope. As sleep brings dreams. Christopher Columbus. Welcome to the new world, sir. I, I remember that time thinking I was happy that the 80s were over. Like, I, I just was ready to turn the corner. Like, it, to me, I was ready to leave college. I didn't want to live in a college town anymore. I was ready to not have to answer to my parents for every dollar dollar that I spent of theirs or, right. or, or what my grades were or stuff like that. It just... There was a freedom that I felt when I left the 80s. And it has nothing to do with the pop culture because obviously I would not too much, you know, what, 15 years later, I would be addicted to it again. So right. not too bad. The, the funny thing is, as many, is, although I remember seeing so many of these really interesting movies in the 80s, I also remember there are some really crappy ones too. And the one I think that I was the most disappointed about because it, it spoke to me more as, about who I was than than what I was before. Bonfire yeah. the Vanities. Oh, my God. Terrible. So, yeah. I mean, all I wanted to do was be a guy who wore a tie to work every day and carried a suitcase. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know that I ever wanted to live in New York City or be involved in financial markets. But the rest of it sounded all pretty nice to me. But And, you, and that was at the time when also when I think we, none of us thought Tom Hanks could make a bad movie. <laughs> but we were wrong. <laughs> right. I have completely forgot that. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was bad. Do you? So the the book itself was written in the eighties about the eighties, right? Yes. Which was so, the disappointment of the movie, partly because it was it, it got everything wrong, as as I recall, <laughs> including the casting. It's funny because like, remember we were talking about the TV shows of nineteen seventy nine and how they um sort of seamlessly morphed into the 80s same thing with 1990 so many of the shows that we were still watching then were born in the 80s including cheers uh roseanne cosby show was around murphy brown yeah. uh, the golden girls were still top um but there's a, a tv show that i always think of as being a 90s one and it, it's not really it's a different world i know my parents love me stand behind me come one day I know now that I'm ready Because I finally heard them say It's a different world From where you come from 
for for some reason, when I think back to 1990, that's the show that sticks in my brain. Yeah, I started watching TV again in the 90s. Like I, Brad and I, when we're talking about TV on the show, and when you've been on it as well, we always say you know TV wasn't a big thing to us in the 80s because I mean we were in high school and college and we just didn't have the time for it, but. Come the 1990s, when you don't make much money and every day is the same as the next, you watch right. a lot of television. Yeah, you do. What's really interesting, though, I think, is the music seems to have changed. I looked up the top of the billboard for, yeah. for 1990, and I, I, you could have given me like 20 or 30 guesses as to what song was the top of the charts for the year. I would never have guessed it's this song by Wilson Phillips. I do too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. It came out of nowhere. So it's 1990. Well, hello, Wilson Phillips. Thank you for charting at the top. Uh, you know, Belle Biv DeVoe was Sinead O'Connor, Roxette, Madonna. Yeah. They all had songs in the that were at the top of the charts that year. But it was still it was a different change. I mean, there was no more uh, Pina Colada songs. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. No, these songs feel so like it, I know it's 1990, the beginning of the decade. But those songs that you just named. Except for Nothing Compares to You, I would say. That feels still like the 80s to me. When I, when I hear any of these songs now, I think back to that stupid one-bedroom apartment I had that didn't even have a washer and dryer, so I had to go across the street to do my laundry. But uh-huh. I, remember, I remember moving in. Like I, I had stayed at home as long as I could after college, which was maybe three weeks. <laughs> wow. Well, the... I was I was subjected to the same rules that I was subjected to in high school, which I thought was inappropriate since I was now 21 years old or 22. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I got this. I got the apartment, and I still remember where it was. It was the Cove. It was what the place was called. And it's, it's it almost seems like it's a predecessor of the Lair. <laughs> and it was one bedroom, bottom floor, and I remember I bought a waterbed for it because why not oh my god and what I a great these... use of your money <laughs> well water beds were cheaper than a regular bed back then you could buy a water bed for 99 dollars, which i was really pretty sure is how much i spent on it okay so and water then not included yeah no yeah that <laughs> probably was 99 dollars to fill it and then i got this amazing set i think i talked about this in the podcast once before amazing set because water beds require their own special kind of sheets. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept. Okay, yeah, no, but yes. <laughs> they that have to have sense. pockets. <laughs> they have pockets that go underneath so they don't fly up when you sit down on the bed. So I found... <laughs> oh if I could have a waterbed today, I would. I found glow-in-the-dark space sheets. So wow. they were black with, with star clusters and a random nebula here or there. And uh, comets that were streaking across. And if you turn off the lights, they would glow in the dark. Oh, my God. And that, that, my friends, is why I love 1990 so much. Wow. 
Okay, I'm thinking of my Sesame Street sheets that I, I were so precious to me in 1979. Did not glow in the dark. Did not definitely did not have pockets. That's incredible. Hey, while we're dawdling in 1990, I should probably mention a couple of non-pop cultural events. 1990 was the reunification of Germany. Remember it? Yeah, yeah. It was also the year that led to the crisis that would uh, cause the Gulf War, uh, you know, Iraq invading Kuwait. Uh, Also the year that Nelson Mandela was finally released from prison. Right, right. And, you know, this is kind of interesting. It's also the year that Jen with one N was a junior in high school. No, that's I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was kind of funny that we that that I picked 1979 and that you picked 1990 because let's bring it all around because we're professionals. Did you know that in 1990 Margaret Thatcher resigned as Prime Minister of the UK? Oh wow! So there you go. Yeah, Full isn't circle. that funny? That total coincidence, guys. That yeah. was not intentional at all. But um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. You know what is intentional though? The, the seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. Not 1979, not 1990, sadly. Um, And if you guess it right, you're in for some swag, which I believe is still the ever-popular postal-friendly bottle opener. Ah, I've got it back. Yes. Yay! I found one right here in my drawer, actually. Oh, my God, and I also found my Frankie Goes to Hollywood... Uh, concert bandana from 1985. I found that today, and I took a photo of that and put it on the Patreon page. So there you go. Amazing. Reason enough to become a Patreon just so you can <laughs> see the bandana. <laughs> it seems worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, from a couple weeks ago, here was the mystery clip. Is this a joke? Does anybody here know how to dance? I know how to dance. That's the experts. And with the late Kelly Preston. Not a whole lot of people got it. It is admittedly a bit of an obscure movie. It is. It's not the most popular 80s movies ever ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's considered to be. Well, I mean, John Travolta's career was kind of going downhill pretty fast at that point. But he, he did just fine in the 90s with, you know, Pulp Fiction is just around the corner, John. <laughs> Hold on for one more oh, day. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> All right. Winners include Aaron S. in Vancouver, Canada, Bo Farnes in New Orleans, Todd in MN, Shan Nichols, and Citizen Buck. Pretty impressive, guys. That wasn't an easy one, I don't think. No, it is very, very impressive. Uh, Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. David, what were those strange sounds? Strange sounds? If you know it, email us at podcast at sats.com and tune in a few weeks to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. You know the drill here. We will play a piece of a song from the 80s. Again, it has to be in the 80s. Occasionally I make a mistake and pull in a 70s song. That's <laughs> my bad. I'm not going to do it today. I actually Google it now and make double sure. Uh, if you get it right, again, glory can be yours if glory comes to you in the form of an of a postal friendly bottle opener. I should, I should make that clear. <laughs> uh, anyway, here was an unlikely pick from a couple weeks ago. That's public enemy with bring the noise. Bring the 
Oh, such a good song. It is. I know. It took me forever. I, I got to admit. Okay, I was didn't listen to Public Enemy in the eighties. That would have been my college years. I, I just I was listening to alt rock and yeah. growing facial hair and <laughs> trying to embrace my adult self. So, but I keep hearing this song pop up from time to time, and I, I never knew what it was until I finally did a little research and ba ba public enemy bring the noise. Yeah, so good, so good. Um a few more winners for the song. Winners include Todd in MN, Shan Nichols, Scott Rubenstein, Metalhead Ed, Bill with one L, <laughs> Dave in Oxford, Chris in Huntsville, Dan in Omaha, Kelly in Huntsville, Lynn with three N's in Nebraska, Joe Herbers, Cincinnati Joe, and Kyle K. in Arkansas, who writes, Hey, Steve, Brad, and Jen. It's what I say before I hit the play button on all your podcasts. I yell, S-I-T-80s, bring the noise. And then I patiently wait for the deliciously baritone voice of Spearsy and Brad's flavor flame comedic timing to bounce into my ears like a perfectly crafted public enemy rap tune. Okay, while we're on topic... I'll wax nostalgic about Public Enemy for a minute because I know how you all long for these emails. I didn't own the 1988 album It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, from which this tune hails, but I did buy Fear of a Black Planet in 1990 when I was a sophomore at a small Catholic college in Shawnee, Oklahoma. My friends and I liked P.E. so much that we dressed up, out of tribute, as Public Enemy for this Halloween dance at our school. By no means were we making fun of P.E. lest Professor Griff or Terminator X, or the rest of the PE bomb squad hear about it, which would surely be the end of us. That is true. (laughs) But we were probably the whitest PE imitators ever, though our flavor Flav was Native American and our Chuck D was Venezuelan, so we did have some minority mix in our imitation group. We carried a large boombox with us that blasted a cassette tape with Fight the Power on repeat. Our Chuck D and Flavor Flav lip-synced the song before a raucous Catholic school crowd of roughly 50 people that night. It was glorious. The power of music, right? Thanks for all you do, and keep bringing the noise. Kyle in Arkansas. Oh, that's great. That's a fun story. That's awesome. Jen, why don't you spin the wheel? Let's find out who wins a Postal-Friendly bottle opener this week. Uh, oh, there we go. I'm out of shape. <laughs> and it looks like it's going to land on Bo, Forn- Bo in New Orleans. I'm just going to say Bo in New Orleans. <laughs> I can't do. Uh, Yay, Bo! I can barely speak English. Don't make me try to speak French. Uh, Bo, send us your postal <laughs> address, and we will get some swag out to you. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sats dot com. Wow, actually hit the note that time. And tune in <laughs> soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Beauty Secrets Barbie and Sport and Shave Ken dolls each sold separately. Barbie's taking her driver's test, and Ken's watching. You can start, steer, and stop the Barbie Super Vet by remote control. She passed the test. Batteries not included. Barbie's a super driver. Bye. Barbie Super Vet car with remote control. Beauty Secrets Barbie and Sport and Shave Ken dolls each sold separately from Mattel. And we're back. We have a few minutes left. I thought, let's play an old game we like to call, What's Your 80s Obsession? Jen, what's your 80s obsession? 
Thanks for picking me. Um, <laughs> my, my 80s obsession is, to no one's surprise, two obsessions. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're related. They're totally related. They're so related. So there's a couple of documentaries I watched a couple weeks ago, back to back, and it was such a pleasure. It felt so, so, so good. So if you need something to soothe your soul, here's what you watch. The Go-Go's documentary, which is called very simply The Go-Go's, um, is on Showtime, but then also I think you can do like an Amazon Prime trial thing. So there are a couple ways to get oh, nice. to it, but it's good. definitely on Showtime. Yeah. So it's the Go-Go's. It was, um, you know, if you've ever seen the behind the music or read uh, Belinda Carlisle's autobiography, like it's there, there wasn't lots of new information, but there was some stuff I didn't know that, for example, their original manager, her name is Ginger Casaneri, was like, the sixth go-go like she really brought them to a place where they could actually become something big and successful and all that stuff so highly recommend the go-go's and then the other documentary also on showtime is duran duran there's something you should know which actually came out last year and it's actually not even an hour so it's a pretty pretty quick one and it talks to um trying to remember i don't think andy taylor is interviewed although you do see him but it's all the guys you know, in current day, and they are just, they seem like really nice guys. You know what I mean? They they seem like very down to earth. Simon Laban is adorable. And the love of music that they have, I think that you forget that they're, they're musicians also, which is a weird thing to say. Like sometimes, you know, they, you think of them as personalities, or if you're like me, um, you know, in Tiger Beat or something, <laughs> that they're just sort of sex symbols or, or something. I mean, John Taylor, you know, all I have to do is look at him. But th it's a wonderful documentary. And it, it's a really, um, it's nice to see how their music has developed over the years and that they continue to have that impulse to make music together. It's just really, really sweet. So highly recommend both of those docs. My 80s obsession is going to become clearer to you, hopefully in a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> the the movie Xanadu the movie Xanadu turned forty this month and it was already kind of a special movie to me and the fiance and we we quote lyrics to each other from it all the time much to everyone's uh -huh. uh, glee or disgust <laughs> <laughs> and so we're trying to put together a podcast to honor the movie so I've been going back and rewatching it and then reading just article after article after article about the making of the movie and it's so the, the history of that movie is so ridiculously deep and hopefully we'll get some of that across in the podcast and then there's also these making of Xanadu documentaries that I've been trying to watch so the fiance comes back to town this weekend and I'm pretty sure mm. we'll spend three or four days re-watching Xanadu <laughs> and watching the documentaries and listening to the soundtrack and just overall roller skating. Roller sk I can't roller skate. As you well know, I can't roller skate anymore. <laughs> I don't know because you didn't try. <laughs> it was never going to work. Those skates, they were too, the trucks were too loose. Yeah. But, um, you'll be happy to know that, 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 um, world rink is still in business. It's still operating around the corner oh. from me. So wow. maybe, Amazing. Some, maybe someday if I ever get ankle strength back, I can probably try to pull it off <laughs> in the meantime, by all means, Take a trip back. Take a look at 1990 and 1979. Enjoy the the little common moments that they have with our beloved decade. Because until then, 
Jen with one in it myself, remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Someday somebody's gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. Yeah.